This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, March 18th, 2021, and my guest is the awesome Thundery of Board at Work. Hi. Thank you for having me back. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for asking. I mean, all things considered, you know, I'm excited because of all the upcoming stuff we can't talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know, I wanted to talk headphones with you because you and I are headphone people. You have a much bigger collection than me. Like I don't do gaming headphones and stuff. And I know you buy your own, you know, uh, when you yeah. find something you like, where I tend to be pretty dead set with my Bear Dynamic as my main headphones. Uh, what are you using right now for Bear Dynamic? Uh, DT990 Pro, open oh, ear. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones I'm using are the 250 ohm version. You know, there's three different versions, 32, 250, and 600. Depending on which model you have, it's harder to drive, right? Obviously. I, I, think, I think we're in sync right now. I'm using the 990 Pro as well. Yeah, I saw that. Yours look very clean. I need to replace my, my ear pads. They're a nice velvety, right? Like, honestly, that's my biggest gripe with all the headphones we're about to talk about. The, the, the noise-canceling wireless headphones we all love, other than, I guess, the, the AirPods Max. They're all this, you know, sort of vinyl, essentially, right? Yeah, pretty much. I personally prefer this vel velour velvet Alcantara, whatever it is that the, the Bayer Dynamic is using, even though it does get dirty. And yes, you should replace them, you know, yearly or something. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where uh, for some consumers, though, it's, the, it's the, the whole idea of replacing. And also for some people I know in the summer, it's just not the best thing depending on climate, how hot yeah. it gets and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, if you're like in Taiwan in the middle of summer, you're going to wear earbuds. You're not going to wear headphones outside. There's no freaking way. It's too yeah. humid. Yeah. So, hey, so the ones I want to kind of talk about are the ones I have. Like, we're not going to talk about the wired headphones because those are like kind of like our reference monitors. And, you know, I do all my video editing and podcast editing with these DT990s because I need zero latency. You know, I don't want dropped frames. Like, you know, every now and then with Bluetooth, it'll, it'll drop a sample and you hear a tick and you're like, is that tick in my recording or is that tick in the transmission? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Now that I use it more for like casual listening on my computer and on my phones while I'm like writing a review or something, I use the wireless headphones for noise canceling now more. I'm finding that Bluetooth isn't quite as reliable as I thought. Like I get the occasional, you know, crackle something and I'm like, wait, is that my recording? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You mentioned that. Um, I just reviewed the, xbox wireless headset yeah. and you know connection to the xbox is via wi-fi and then oh, connection to a laptop because it uses the same uh wireless frequency that microsoft suggests for partners and you know uh, when i'm on the xbox it's just really clean and straightforward and then i go on the laptop it's good and then once in a while it's like slightly off and, and that's like, what i'm saying it's like it takes uh, a long time it's okay if you're like listening to 10 minutes or like going to the store or going commuting or something but if you're listening for like six hours in a row on your headphones because you're like writing a review like every now and then i'll have a crackle or pop and it doesn't matter which codec either is whether i'm connected for ldac aptx hd aac you know on the mac we don't we don't have ldac support we only have 
AAC. Yeah. There's Aptex HD, but you have to force it. There's a, like, you have to go in the developer tools and Xcode to turn it on. And of course, on phones, most phones support both LDAC and Aptex HD now. Yeah. And so that's what I tend to prefer. AAC is fine, though, to be honest. A lot of people give AAC some crap, but I think that it really depends on what kind of music you're listening to and the kind of headphones you're using, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think with AAC, one of the things I noticed in... I touched a little bit on my AirPod Max Pro review, but I figured a lot of people who are listening were not going to notice that is that um, I didn't get as much range uh, listening to songs of title uh, as I did with the Sony's on my um, you know Galaxy device, just because with LDAC I could get just a little bit more of that range in there as opposed yeah. to it, it. I guess just also again you can look at the. AirPod Max because of the way the drivers are, are set. It's a very clean cut sound in yeah. terms of like, it's almost just, it just makes it cut like it's a very rigid frame. I, it, I guess that's my explanation for it in, in a sense. Yeah. So let's jump into, let's first talk about the four headphones we're going to talk about and then talk about maybe the categories like sound quality, ANC, comfort, battery life. I guess those are probably the most important ones. And maybe how well they will travel because I think some of them will travel better than others. But we're talking about today the king of the hill here, in my opinion, the Sony XM4s, right? The mm-hmm. WH-1000XM4s. We're talking about the AirPods Max. We're talking about the Shure Aeonic 50 and yeah. the Huawei FreeBuds Studio. And they're like kind of the oddball because they're not super easy to get in North America. But you know, my audience, a lot of people are from India are listening right now, from the UK, Australia. So it's interesting. The review unit I have actually is Chinese. Even though, you know, I've got the app installed on my phone for controlling the settings, there's yeah. no way to change the language. So I have never really never know what mode I'm in. I have to like, there's some lovely lady telling me what noise canceling mode I'm on and I have no idea. I just have to listen carefully. Like, oh, I, I can hear some noise. So that's probably the off. And then, oh, I can hear everything very well. That's the ambient mode. And then, oh, noise canceling. Like, yeah, know, I notice it. But it's so funny uh, that because most headphones have a language option and then they will switch if they have voice prompts, right? So I believe you have all four of those that we're talking about today. And maybe we can add some at the end that you would recommend maybe for the audience that I didn't get, but you have to kind of make more of a selection for them. Mm-hmm. So let's start with maybe sound quality. What's your kind of favorite out of the box? And what's your favorite once you've tuned them? Okay. Uh, so slight correction. I have tried all four. I don't have all four. Okay. Um, but my favorite out of the box is actually not any of those four. Um, it is the, and I just forgot the names, the new Sennheisers that came oh, out yeah. last year. Um, sound quality, they're really great out of the box. My favorite uh, tuned are the Sony XM4s. And I'm in the same boat as you. My favorite, but they have to be tuned. And that's yes. the challenge, right? Every time I go back to them, I'm like, wow, just wow. Especially on LDAC. Like, they are just sweet, sweet, sweet if you tune them right. But that's the lovely thing about the M4s that wasn't on the M3s is that the tuning is compatible with LDAC now. Yeah. That when you go in the apps that Sony has on your phone, 
and you change all the settings to what you want, they stay embedded in the firmware of the headphone. So now you can switch to another phone that doesn't have the app installed or to a computer that doesn't even have support for changing the settings. And you keep your EQ, you keep your settings. And I wish every headphone had that app as well, you know, to just tweak it a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and that's funny, that's something on the gaming world has always been there with gaming headphones because most gaming headphones, you had to basically customize the EQs on your PC and then carry it to your consoles. And I'm surprised, I'm, I'm with you, I'm surprised that most headphones just don't have that in general, where you can switch from phone to phone or device or whatever the case may be. But with the XM4s though, it's, uh, it's such a relief because once you tune them, you get this just very, uh, it's very serene. I, I really enjoy listening to them um, whenever I switch back to them. Yeah. And you know, for me, out of the box of the four that I described, it's a bit of a toss. I have to say that the AirPods Max and the Shure 50s and the Huawei Freebud Studio all sound very good to me out of the box. Slightly different, but I don't feel like I need to EQ them necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like if I could, I would, but they don't have that option. Any of these don't have any features like that. I think the Shures might have some presets in the app, but I'm not really fond of these presets. I want to be able to tweak exactly. So for me, I ignore that one. So I think that, honestly, out of the box, the Sonys are too bass heavy for my tastes. And also maybe a little, they roll off a little bit in the trebles and the high end too much for me. So, you know, I think because we come from bears, right? Like we, we have a very flat and neutral flat, experience yeah, exactly. and we don't like too much bass and we like those crystalline, clean, tight, high end and nice, you know, voices. We like a super awesome soundstage and image, right? And so yeah. that's, I think is a good reference that we, you know, work with these headphones every day. Cause I think it gives us a good perspective on what to expect on these wireless earbuds or headphones i think uh, i think i think with the xm5s this is me future speaking i think we're going to see a change there because if you really think about it from sony's mindset sony was always competing against beats that's true right they were trying to add that slight reference to say okay for those who like bass you can still get it and then for everybody else who likes the neutral tone because you like it we know you're going to like to customize anyway and now that the airpods max have come out i think you're going to see that ch subtle change and again they'll still add more customizable elements I, I always tell people that the xm4s the reason i love it mostly is because of the software that is the most robust software and they keep adding stuff to it and it's really easy to use but you know a lot of people are like yeah maybe it should be more casual and you know i forgot a friend of mine was talking about the airports max and said hey mm -hmm. um you know what about the i forgot is it called dynamic eqs it has or the i can't remember what's yeah i know what you're talking about where yeah. it, it seems to do some real-time adjustments i hate it i hate it so much because here's I was telling a friend, I said, here's a problem with it. I was listening to something. So I was listening to, yeah, I was listening to Michael Jackson's Beat It. I like to use it because it's such- That's a fantastic track for testing. Great track, because you, you get it a lot. It sounds so good. Quincy Jones, man. Ah. Exactly. I'd like me some good Michael Jackson just for the, I mean, I love some Michael Jackson stuff for sure, but I like me some songs just for the testing, right? Because you just had such a perfect reference. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was, I was listening on the AirPods Max and I'm like, this is good. 
this is good, this is good. And I walked away. And I think because the system is trying to realize where I am in location for noise canceling and it's changing that. And then the sound changed and I stopped and I'm like, Wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. it, it, didn't, it wasn't too drastic, but it changed enough for me. And I went, this is not good. And it stayed that way. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I, don't, I don't like this. Like, I want to change it when I want to change it and not when it's perceiving that I'm, I'm making a change here or something. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I like. So the, the XM4 is too bass heavy, a little too much roll off out of the box, but then you can tune them with that app. And man, and that's the big difference for me is last time with the M3s, I was always listening on AAC and SPC because I wanted my EQ to stay, right? And mm-hmm. you couldn't have LDAC on and EQ on at the same time. And now you can, and I'm so grateful for Sony to do that. That is like the godsend thing. You know, there's also the fact that it'll pause when you remove them, that's a new feature. And that the microphones are significantly better for the transparency mode and for voice calls, which was always messy on the M3s, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I do do like the... uh talk to speak feature the one that also sounds oh yeah introduced. yeah 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 there is that <laughs> yeah it's a nice feature but i was uh, i put it in my review i said if you like to sing while you're listening to music it is going to cut off your anc so much <laughs> and it's going to yeah. stop the song that you you just have to turn it off yeah i have turned it off i didn't like it myself although i think some people would like it um the other thing i want to point out to people who since we're getting detailed is that if you have a mac and you listen with the M4s, every time you take them off, it will only pause the default music app from Apple. And then it'll mm. only resume the default music app. So you can't set a default app. That's very Apple, right? On the iPhone as well. Like if you let YouTube music, I think it doesn't support. On Android though, it works superbly. Pretty Whatever fair, your default yeah. music app is, is what the headphones will pause and resume. But on a Mac, like it's, it's a nightmare because I use a open source app called YouTube Desktop Music because I'm yeah. a YouTube music listener. And so I have this dedicated app so I don't have to run a web browser. And it's essentially a you know, wrapper around a web kit thing yeah so it it gives me my entire youtube music library and everything and it has some really cool hotkeys like shift command space for pause and play so it doesn't matter whether i'm on a completely different app at the time i can play and pause my music so i've actually turned off this auto detect because i'm actually using hotkeys on my keyboard which is just much more effective because i <laughs> it won't start the stupid music app on my mac like every time i put the headphones back on so there are some little things that's need to be tuned in the universe of ANC wireless headphones that depending on what OS, what apps you're using, it's not always that seamless experience, even though that feature is there, you know? Yeah, no, that, that that's very true. Um, I, I was going to ask you, what was your experience with the Shure headphones? So, yeah, so let's talk about the other ones really quick. The Shures out of the box, I was pretty satisfied. They sounded a lot like they're not as sweet as the Bears or the Sony's ones tuned, but they have a nice 
kind of neutral presentation out of the box. Uh-huh. I felt like I didn't need to EQ them. I was like, oh, wow, this is solid. And they, they felt a lot like, you know, when you go to a recording studio, maybe you haven't had this experience, but I used to work in video games making sound happen as a yeah. coder, but I had to go to studios for recording sessions. And so, you know, they have studio headphones that are usually the Audio Technicas or Sennheisers, HD600s or Bear Dynamics or whatever. And they all have this kind of like, it's like the Yamaha NS2 monitor speaker. Like everybody yeah. has them because we all know what the sound's going to be like. Or like the Sony uh, 7650, whatever, you know, the MDR, the standards, um, right? Yeah, the standards, yeah, exactly. Which where the consumer version was the V6. You remember V600 later. 200, yeah. Um, so those, like to me, that's what the sure, and that's what I like. It's sure. Like you are going to be sure, sure. pardon the pun, <laughs> that you're going to get a reference experience. And I love that about them. At the same time, once you start listening to them for a long time, they don't quite have the detail and the, and the, the crispy, beautiful imaging that I'd expect for my taste. But I have to say they sound pretty good yeah and the nice thing about the shores they support every codec so you have spc fine aac fine but you also have optex hd and ldac so whatever you have it'll work nice that is that is pretty nice uh, yeah i i've used them for a little bit i tried that ces and also tried another event that they had i like the sound generally from them but i hadn't spent haven't spent as much time on those, those headphones because i know sure makes some really good stuff uh, but in the last couple of years, they've kind of had a hit or miss with certain things. Yeah. So I wasn't sure where this actually hit in terms of, you know, the quality you're expecting from a company like Shure. No, I think it's perfectly in line. It's exactly what you expect. It's very much studio reference, but not anything more. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I actually think they're really good for monitoring. Like, I think they're good if you're, you know, doing work unless of course like for me i have to do all that wired because i again we talked about the dropouts and stuff occasionally but i think that if that's the experience you're looking for you're not really looking too much at traveling or listening on the commute i think the shores are a sure bet Uh, the airpods max for me i wasn't blown away by the sound like i was somehow for the money and for apple i was expecting more but Mm -hmm. at the same time i was also very impressed that they didn't put the Beats signature on there you know what i'm saying like i was a little worried that somehow we were going to get some nasty boomy horrible thing but we didn't i think they have a little bit more bass emphasis than i'd like but it's mild enough that i wouldn't eq it out you know what i'm saying yeah and then the problem as you said is once you have ANC on, which is really good, by the way, I think that the best two ANCs out of those four have got to be Sony, still number one. But I think Apple is pretty damn freaking close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I do agree. Yeah. And I feel that, though, this dynamic stuff that it's doing, it's too much DSP going on. I, I want to be able to turn that off Apple. Like, not necessarily completely, in the sense that I appreciate that you're trying to give me a good ANC experience by varying stuff, but the audio has to stay neutral in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's 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 very true because I I think what it is is they've taken the step from uh, Sony where I forgot what it's called the feature specifically in the app where you can retune your ANC to your environment. Oh yeah, yeah, right? right. It's it's basically that where Sony says, hey. You just press the button on the app, and then if you're in an environment that either slightly louder or is a specific sound you want to cut off, then we'll help you cut it off. And this is trying to do it for you automatically. As long as you're right, as long as it stays neutral, then that to me makes the most amount of sense, the way it's taking into account how you're listening as opposed to 
changing how you're listening because of the, you know, the environment. Um, but I do agree with you though, with, with the sound signature on it. I did like it. I was expecting it to be more bassy uh, because one of the Sony product, sorry, one of the Apple products I'm not a fan of is the HomePod. Um, right. It just sounded like somebody from Beats made it, and then they slapped an Apple logo <laughs> on it. So I was, I was expecting that, but I got a I got a really good experience from it. But I wasn't blown away because then again, as you understand, when you get to certain price points, then you're looking at different things. Yeah, when it comes, I there. think for me, five hundred dollars is a sweet spot. If I get above five hundred, I'm expecting you know better. The reality is that I know they're not ANC and they're not wireless, but my 990 Pros are less than $200 every day on Amazon. Yeah. And so, like, if I can get that, like, to me, add wireless and add ANC to that. Should be maybe $100 more. And that's where the Sonys are. Always on sale. Always there, you know. Look, you pay the Apple tax. They're, the design is really exquisite. But I have some issues with this design, and we're going to talk about comfort in a second. I want to quickly talk about the FreeBuds Studio from Huawei, because yeah. out of the box, they sound really good. They are probably the most HD 600 of the bunch. Yes, that would be You know be what correct. I'm saying? Yeah, they have be The bass is actually pulled back. For some music, like EDM, a little too much for my much, liking, yeah. or for yeah, hip-hop, yeah. but the imaging and the soundstage with Aldac particularly, I was like, whoa, this might be better than Sony's, but I still think I like the consistency of the Sony's. They're like, they fit in a nice clean box sound-wise, yeah. whereas the... The free buds are much more like, depends on what you're listening, your box changes. And that's fine, but I'm impressed that for a first headphone, Huawei did nail it. And their ANC is really good. And they have a dynamic mode that, unlike the Apple one, doesn't color the music, which is really interesting. And yeah, I would say that sound-wise, they're pretty decent. Like, I don't feel like I need to EQ them at all, so... Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think I think the only thing that's missing is that is the app adaptability, the fact that the language yeah. changed. Trust me, because when I tried it too, I tried it with a friend of mine, and he was just like, "Just, just listen." Like, I really can't change much. I'm like, what about the app? It's like, it's there, but it's useless. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, the app is really just to turn on and off noise canceling and do soft uh, firmware updates. It's nice that there is an Android app you can get from Huawei that'll work on any Android phone and support the headphones, right? Yeah. Sure does too. But again, Sony is like, if you, Sony is the reference. I mean, like they, they even have a thing where you can log into the cloud and upload your settings so that if you ever lose your headphones or get a new pair, you can download all your settings and you're good to go. Like it's pretty amazing. No, it, it is. It is. It's really funny though, but you mentioned that because what Sony has done with the audio, it, this, this is like a slight, slight side conversation on Sony. It's like, I wish they took that kind of dedication and applied it to some of the other products especially their cell phones, just because when you see the kind of consistency they, they have within the app of the, uh, of the Sony XM series, you're going, wow, I can do a lot with this. And there's so many things that I thought I didn't need that I actually do need in here. So it's very consistent across the board. I think just going back to the, you know, the Huawei, um, I, I do like the sound signature there. I, I do agree with you that yes, the bass is a little bit pulled back, mm -hmm. but for me, I actually like that personally, just because I I'm just yeah, not. me me too. Like, like you know, there's a range of what I accept, and 
other than the Sony's out of the box, all of those fall into that range. The range, yeah. Um, but true. the Huawei's are probably on the more musical audiophile-ish range, and the Shures are more on the studio monitor range, and the Apples are kind of somewhere in between, and then the Sony's when they're tuned right. I wouldn't call them musical. They're a little more clinical, but I like that. I like the fact that it's consistent and I know what to expect. When my environment is so chaotic, especially when I use them usually as travel, I like the fact that I can put them on and I'm just like cocoon. And cocoon that doesn't change and cocoon I can totally expect. Everything is right. You know, it's not perfect. Yeah. It could be sweeter, but man, it's such a solid reference. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're, you're definitely right with that. Uh, it's interesting how the audio landscape has changed, especially when we look at all four of these, that, you know, things like ANC are are really important, how ANC is enveloped. Because one of the things that I've struggled is I try to tell people that ANC is not indicative of good audio. No. In my mind, you know, I mean, ANC and good audio is great, especially when it comes to companies who are pushing that to see, can I do, deliver ANC and also the right level of audio in that? But in all honesty, it should be a separate conversation. But right now in our space, that conversation is blended into one thing. Yeah, unfortunately, you know? yeah. You know, I was very against the idea of processing my audio on my headphones. Like for a long time, I was like, the headphones are like my speakers. They are a purely passive device and they should be a purely passive device. But honestly, Sony has taught me otherwise. Like, I feel like it took a while to get where we are with noise, with ANC, with noise cancellation. But I think we're at a place now where it doesn't go against musicality anymore because DSP has gotten so good. And, you know, the convenience factor. I mean, when you're flying, like, seriously, yeah. I, there's no way. Like, the only other option for me, if the XM4s, XM3s, whatever, didn't exist, I would be using my Atomotic in-ear monitors with my custom molds and do passive noise canceling, right? Where basically it's just an earplug. And it still would be a crappy experience because I would be like having a cord to deal with. And I don't know, like Sony just completely sold me with the, it was the M2s and then the M3s and the M4s. Yeah, definitely. Um, So you were saying about the build. I I really want to come back to that because I have my own thoughts too, but the build on the the, uh, AirPods Max. Look, I'm not a fan of their design, like, but I appreciate what Apple did. I think that the craftsmanship is what I appreciate. Yeah, Having I used like, like really high-end headphones that cost thousands of dollars, I've seen headphones of that price that are way worse than the, the AirPods. At the same time, I've seen some that are better. So I think that the AirPods Max to me, you know, yes, you, you're paying for the Apple brand, you're paying for that design and that craftsmanship, and I appreciate that. Do I need it for my purposes? No. And this is actually, I think it's it's a detriment because they're almost too beautiful, and there's no way you could travel with those on a regular basis without damaging them. No way, right? First of all, they don't fold up. Secondly, that mesh thing sticking out of the case is going to break. And third... You're going to scratch the aluminum. Like, I, how many times have I gotten up on an airplane with my headphones on, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like time to get out or I need to go to the bathroom. And I literally rub the side of the headphone, like scrape it, right? Along the, the baggage thing, right? The, yeah. the baggage or whatever is the, the, the door up there. And nothing, the Sony's just like don't care because they're made of this rubberized plastic. Whereas I bet you I would ding and scrape my AirPods Max the first flight I take. 
Oh, I, okay. I, I haven't taken a flight yet because of, of the pandemic. And after I finished my review on the AirPods Max, I, I had a temporary headphone wall because now, sadly, my headphone wall is now reduced to just 25 headphones. I saw, I'm I sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's a more concise list this time. I put the AirPods Max, and it was a temporary wall before I actually got the right uh, headphone hangers. And it dropped. And oh, it just, no. It nicked the side of, uh, of my couch. I picked it up. I was like, is it fine? And I looked and I was like, oh my God, there's a scratch right there in the corner. And I had to get, I, I think you can find it on Amazon. They sell uh, covers, protective covers for your AirPods Max. And that part like infuriated me because I'm like, this is a very typical Apple product where it creates an environment, even if it's not on purpose, a, a new market for things that you didn't need for headphones before <laughs> ever. Yeah. A case, even though you have a case for it, yep. you know, or yep. protective cover for it, which is ri ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that's where the Shures and the Freebuds and the Sonys win, like no doubt about it. Now, the Freebuds are very travel friendly. They fold up and have a smaller case. So I think they're going to be good headphones for travelers. The Shures do fold up, but the box is pretty big and they don't fold up as much as the Sonys, but they do fold up obviously a little bit, unlike the freaking AirPods. So I would not recommend the Shures for travel because they're a little too bulky. So I think if you're a traveler, it's down to the M4s and the Freebud Studio and anything else, Enobong obviously is gonna recommend here because you know <laughs> I don't I have no seat time with any others. Uh, there's probably some from other companies like Sennheisers and I mean Beta Dynamics makes a wireless pair of headphones. I don't know if it's any. Good. They do. It's it's a bit uh, the sound tuning on that is just it doesn't compare to what they normally do and I and even they kind of admitted that I, because it's a new avenue for them. Like right, so they're trying to satisfy the Beats crowd basically yeah so they are trying to get back and they said uh, at least from what i know from them is that this year we should see something that truly matches that bed dynamic sound one company i will say that people should check out they don't have an anc pair yet but they do have a wireless pair of headphones uh focal oh of course yeah focal listen is a great and i think it's probably about a hundred and something dollars now uh for the That's listens. not bad they are really really good no nice. anc but it's got that really nice, warm sound signature. Yeah, to like Focals usually yeah. do. Yeah. And love them. Great. Love them. The ones I'm not impressed with, I want to throw something else in the <laughs> ring, are the Bowers and Wilkins. I think I have them back here. Let me look at the number. The PX7s. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't like the sound signature. They're like Beats wannabes, and you can't EQ them. And I was just like, I'm out of here. I mean, they're really nicely made. They have like carbon fiber, some fancy plastic fiber thing, like could be Kevlar or whatever material, but they're expensive. And I'm like, when I heard them, I'm like, nope. Like, you know how sometimes you put, <laughs> you and I like this, like you'll put a headphone on and you're like, nope, I'm not even going to try. This uh, is outrageous. Get out of here. This right? is so sad. Like this, this like hits me right dead center because I, I used to be a big Bow Wilkins fan. I have the, the P5s and the P7 wired. Uh -huh. uh, even the P5 wireless was really good, uh, but I think they got sold off to some other company and like something is just like going Harman or something. Like everybody ends up no, with no, no, not even Harman. Like if it was Harman, I would expect at least it to sound a certain yes. way. Right. It was sold to uh, either like a, a hedge fund or some startup company that just had more money and bought them up. And now everything they make is just really subpar. 
like I didn't want to tell the PR folks. I'm like, I'm not reviewing those. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not even touching them. Like, ooh. And and I feel bad because it's just like, how can he be so wrong coming from Bowers and Wilkins? He's like, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the engineers either left. Maybe even some of them went to Apple. Who knows? Because when be. you, you see that kind of decline, you know there's an exodus of, uh, of engineering. So yeah, I think let's quickly talk about comfort now because, you know, of all of them, the least comfortable for me are the AirPods Max. I cannot stand them past four hours. And it's strange because they do have the non- Oh, you are, you are, you are strong, four hours. Yeah, strong is, God is bless strong, you. right? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I like the fact that they have the, the pads are not vinyl. That's nice, mm-hmm. but they're too heavy for one thing. And you move your head like right now, look, my aerodynamics are not light and they have a cord and I can go like this and nothing bad happens, right? With the AirPods Max, they would literally fly off of me. <laughs> it was so, and I have a big head and Obong, you know me, you've met me in person. And I don't mean that just literally, I mean that figuratively too because I have a big head. Okay. Your head is fine. It's fine. Correct. So I think for me, that's uh, one thing. I think the Sonys are the most comfortable long-term for me. I do sweat in them a little bit because of vinyl. But the Shures are a little heavier and they're pretty comfortable. I can totally do many hours with them. But I find after a little while, they're a little, like after six hours or so, I'm done. The Huawei's are superb. I would think the Huawei's are almost as good to me as the Sonys, but that's just my head. No, I would I would agree. Uh, I put the um, AirPods Max last, uh, and you said four hours. The max I've actually used them for is about forty five minutes. Wow! For for whatever reason, I get a lot of tension right at the sides of my head where the mesh connects with the uh, the stem of the, yeah. of the headphones, and it just gives me this like crack even though it's like it's comfortable and then it just kind of disappears i don't know why he's exactly right like i feel like i put them on i'm like ooh, cushy ooh, nice and then like four hours go by i'm like get off my head like and i'm not sure what it is it's not a sound thing it's definitely a physical thing yeah for me it's it's definitely designed whether it's I, I don't know where it's compensation for our head size or just the weight it's actually created. But for me, that is really, it's really the hardest to use. The I would put the Shores, um, uh, while I used them, when I tested them out, uh, they were comfortable, but they were a little bit heavier. So I know that They're a little bit last, heavier, yeah. yeah they were yeah. doing last long. You're definitely right with the free buds. They are they're, very- They're just as light as the Sony's. I think it's, weight does matter for these things because if you're a traveler, that's really what you want, right? And I, I hate to say this, but ANC wireless, one of the number one applications is going to be traveling. And in this pandemic time, working from home hours on end on your computer. And that's where comfort and weight just matter. And of course, foldability when you travel, right? Yeah. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. I think it, it hits the, the nail on the head, which that's just why that for me is like the second. And of course, the Sony is. And Sony learned a lot from Bose. Remember the QC35s, yeah. king of just the just lightweight, you know, yep. music. So I think a lot of these companies will have to kind of look at that if you want to go in that in that range. And you're right. At home, having ANC, especially if you live with a partner, if you have children, if you have like housemates or roommates, you want to block out a lot of noise, but you also want to do that while working for hours. It makes absolute sense. Complete sense, yeah. yeah. Let's wrap things up on the headphones. I would say that if I had to rate ANC, I think 
it's a toss between Apple and Sony, although the Apple is dynamic and it bothers me. But if you want, like, just looking at how well they isolate from noise actively, I think Sony's win, Apple are very close behind, sure are the weakest link, in my opinion. They're good, but they're not as good. And the FreeBuds hold their own. They're pretty good. And I said the adaptive mode on them doesn't color the music, which is interesting. Small little details I want to point out to folks of course, the AirPods Max don't have a headphone jack, a traditional wired one, so you have to buy the special cable from Apple. The Shures come with a cable, but it's 2.5 on the headphone end and 3.5 on the normal end. I like when it's 3.5 on both because you can use any cable. You know, you lose your cable, you go to the little corner gas station and they'll have a 3.5 AUX cable. Mm-hmm. And then the FreeBuds, I like the Apples. They only have USB-C. So that's yeah. a bit disappointing that while we didn't include a standard straight 3.5 in there, but hey. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with you on, on those points. I'm interested to see when Samsung releases theirs. It's <laughs> okay, made, from, made by Harman. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One last thing. How do you rate them on battery life? Oh, um, at least for the ones I've used, I would give it to the, the Sonys. Oh, absolutely. S- Sony's just, just last. It's like they have ratings, right? And... The AirPods Pro don't lie. They say 20 hours and, well, they lie a little bit. They're less than 20 hours, but they're definitely on the lower end. Mm-hmm. And they don't lie. That They don't say 30 when it's really 20, which is what I appreciate. The Shures, I think at about 20, 25, they say that. They say 20. I think they last 20. The FreeBuds are, again, 20, 25, although they advertise for more. And then the Sony's just 30 hours for sure. Like I, I'm amazed. Sometimes weeks go by and I don't charge and I'm like, what, wait, you're still working? Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I do agree with that. I think I have a feeling that Sony went and I don't know if you ever tried them out, but remember when Plantronics used to make headphones? Yes. And Plantronics advertised back then, this was about six years ago, 40 hours. And I could, I could tell you that this thing went past 40 hours. By yeah. far. Yeah. And when I spoke to the engineers, they were like, yeah, we were close to around 60. I'm like, why didn't you say 60? They're like, yeah, we don't want to over-advertise because we don't make any promises that we <laughs> necessarily can't meet. So. Yeah, well. So yeah, so the winner is Sony still. But it's nice that it's heating up, right? Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, competition is good and it is good to see what everyone brings to the table. Also will help Sony improve as well. And uh, at least we will get... We, we're getting that reignition in the audio space again. Granted, it's through Bluetooth. And as Bluetooth gets better, we probably will hit that mark that we definitely like as, you know, audiophiles. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge detriment to me, to be frank, because a lot of the music I listen to is compressed anyway. And, you know, I mean, it's compressed again. That's a problem. But that's why, uh, you know, LDAC and Aptex HD exist. They're lossless and they you know, kind of alleviate that to some extent. I think it's really an issue if you're listening to a lot of like DSD audio or like 9624 or 19224 masters, right? Yeah. You're not going to listen to those little ANC wireless headphones. You're going to have like a $1,000 pair of Focals or, you know, <sighs> ODs or something uh-huh. or some Bayer Dynamics, you know, the really expensive ones that uh, I dream of having. Not, now you're just making my ears water. Thanks. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where uh, where we're at with that. But overall, look, I think this is exciting and I'm glad that you and I more or less on the same page on that. I mean, I kind of knew that we would be, but I wasn't sure. Like I knew the Sonys and the AirPods, but I wasn't sure how you felt about the Shures and the FreeBuds. So that was cool. Yeah. All right. So 
we got a bunch of stuff. Last week, I received my Find X3 Pro from Oppo just before the podcast. And so I really hadn't had any seat time. And you just did a video comparing it with the S21 Ultra, which I'm going to put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear just quickly your take on the camera. After you have used it now, I have some opinions. So Yeah, uh, the Find X3 Pro camera, for me personally, I felt was a slight step back from the Find X2 from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Find X2, I think, really competed well with Samsung, um, with the S20 last year. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Samsung also had issues with their camera, but I think in general, Oppo really came out and said, hey, look, we can make a good camera. We had the periscopic zoom. And I was kind of sad to see that feature go away because, you know, we see more and more companies apply that on their smartphones. And it's Honestly, it's a great feature. A lot of people are like, yeah, 100x zoom. I know we don't need 100. No. But it's really good for capturing you know, certain things if you're outdoors. It's good for capturing even just if you have a lot of people for a larger picture. Whatever the case you want to do, you can capture certain things, right? This camera on the Find X3 uh, does HDR pretty well, um, especially yeah. when you're taking shots. The ultra wide, I do like. The, it's tops, yeah. The, it's really solid. Uh, the front-facing camera. It man. doesn't do it doesn't do HDR and portrait at the same time. No, Have you noticed that? No, it doesn't. Yeah, like what? Yeah. Well, we're talking flagship, and the fact that it only does 1080p 60 or whatever. Like I'm so sick and tired of flagships that only do 1080p 60 in the front. Like, come on. I have no idea why. It it's it was it, it's kind of annoying, and I'm going, okay, look, you guys have packed all this, and I I get it with the microscopic lens. Uh, which is cool. It, it's a very different thing. And, and yes, it's great for making wallpapers. Honestly, I think that's the best feature for it. But it has no other application for it, which is why I'm going, why didn't you either fix the other things like, you know, 4K60 on the front camera? Um, and also stabilization is, is one of those things where you turn on stabilization, it just turns everything to 1080 on, yeah. on the device. So I'm going, you guys made a lot of, decisions here that didn't make sense for you trying to compete within the flagship range. Yeah. So my, my first thought when I got it, you know, when I saw the specs and I hadn't had a chance to use the camera yet was like, I was bummed about the the step backwards on the telephoto, right? Going from a 5X periscope, real 5X optical periscope last year to like a 2X right now optical, Mm -hmm. which does 5X hybrid. And then also this microscope, which is cool and fun, but totally gimmicky. Like, when are you going to use that? Like, it's a one-trick pony. You show it at a party once, and everybody's like, ooh, ah. And then you're kind of done with it. Like, I hate to say that. It doesn't in any way deter from all the effort and energy and awesomeness the engineering team put into this. It's very impressive. However, it's completely unnecessary. I would have rather they spend the money on giving us, you know, that telephoto and i think comparing it to the s21 ultra is a little like disingenuous because well the price kind of the same but i feel like (laughs) i feel like you don't need to necessarily have two telephone like i love it p40 pro plus last year was my Uh, my big muse but and the s21 ultra is fantastic but i feel like a good solid telephoto at that price point would have would have been required And, and that just didn't happen now that was my initial thought. Then I used the cameras, and here's what I'm finding. I'm finding that that telephoto, even though it's only 2X, is actually really solid. Like, I'm actually really impressed. It does 5X hybrid, and it's solid. 
Yeah. And then it does it at night too, which in night mode, it does 5X. And it doesn't suck. I was surprised. Um, I mean, it's not the 5X telephoto from last year, but, you know, considering they spent all their money on the, the microscope. Yeah. But what I'm really impressed with is the fact that the main sensor and the ultra wide, you have the same crazy mm-hmm. seven IMX 766 Sony chip in there. Chip, yeah, exactly. And, and both 50 megapixels. And they're both color matched perfectly. It's amazing. It's so nice to have perfect color matching. In this case, I didn't really have to make much effort to do it either because it's not like some kind of, like Apple uses software to color match the three mm-hmm. lenses. You know, this is just purely, hey, same sensor, same same color signs, done. And you can tell. It's freaking amazing, especially in low light at night. I'm amazed at the colors I'm getting. I actually find that it's interesting that Color tuning at night is something nobody talks about, and that's starting to become really important. And I find the Find X3 Pro might have the best color tuning at night that I've used on any phone yet. Hmm. Um, on the on the two 50 megapixel sensors, I I have to look back at it because um, I was looking at some some nighttime photos where, um, when comparing to the S21 Ultra, so the one thing I noticed is that 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 50 megapixel lens on on both lenses are just wider. Uh, the shots yes, look wider. Definitely. They come yeah. up they come up pretty much wider than even the 108s and you know on on the galaxy. Uh but in terms of I mean call, the colors look great. So I, I'm trying to go back and think I'm going, which did I prefer more? I thought they were really similar, maybe just because of what I was wearing, because I was wearing all black. I felt the galaxy because galaxy does contrast more. Yeah. Um, so it kind of matched the black correctly as opposed to that. But I have to check with other colors and see, but you're right. I mean, look, the S21 is a tough, the Ultra is a tough one to compete against. There's no doubt that's a solid freaking camera system. And, you know, but I feel like Oppo is holding back. Like I said this last podcast, I think we're going to see some sort of fine X3 Ultra or something. Like it feels to me like that is not the best of the Find X series. Like, you know how Xiaomi always adds like another phone to the lineup later yeah, on and stuff? Yeah. I kind of feel like it hits a lot of points. Like the fact that it has wireless charging, the Find X2 Pro didn't have last year. That's really awesome to me. I kind of love the aesthetic. As much as it's a fingerprint magnet, I love the tapering. Like I think it's very cool looking, especially in the little fake carbon fiber plastic Fabric. case that yeah. we both are using right now. <laughs> That's a very cool aesthetic. Sorry, D-Brand, didn't need you this time. Uh, but yeah, I think like, look, I'm more impressed using the camera now that I've played with it, including that, you know, bare bones 2X telephoto than I was when I looked at the spec sheet. So I think you're not going to beat the S21 Ultra. Like that and the P40 Pro Plus right now, are probably the most advanced camera phones ever made, in my opinion. I think the iPhone 12 Pro Max is probably also up there somewhere because mm-hmm. of this in-body stabilization, which technically is very impressive. But I feel that if you want a phone that feels a little more svelte and aesthetically less chunky looking and more interesting and different, and you don't need about, you don't care about 5G in the US and you can't afford it, I think the camera is not going to let you down other than the selfie. Like the selfie camera is a write-off. Yeah, I, yeah. And I feel like that about so many flagships this year. Like, it seems that only Apple and Samsung are getting their selfie game on. And, of course, Pixel. Pixel, yeah. But they've gone down the hardware. Remember the Pixel 3 XL had two lenses? One was autofocus in the front. Like, even they have gone back a little bit in terms of specs. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do agree with you there. I think that's uh, you know, it's funny because I remember last year, I uh, I, I made a joke because Saf and I were joking about. Saf sent me a photo of his selfie, and I sent him mine because it was Exynos versus you know Snapdragon. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Man, that looks really good." And I was like, we joked. It was like, they must be. I was like, look, from what I've seen, I've taken photos with a bunch of friends. The camera loves black people. That contrast really comes out uh-huh. really, yep. really well. Yep. And we joked like there's somebody who must be dating a, a black woman or something in in Samsung Korea that probably did that because that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It it really shows again. I think it's the sensor itself and the way it comes out with the front facing camera really has adjusted some of that um uh whitening of your skin that you see with a lot of Asian manufacturers in terms of their front facing camera. Yeah. Um yep. that Apple was really the only one initially, at least for a while, that kept it really balanced mm-hmm. in terms of tone and look. And I think that's something a lot of people just kind of take for granted though, because um for instance, you know, so um a lot of people don't don't know this yet, but you know, my significant other is taking over one of my channels and she started doing her she started doing selfie uh, photo shoots and okay. and she said look honestly you know when she did it she did her comparison with the galaxy and the, and the uh iphone she's like the galaxy is what i want because number one it, it looks like it closely matches but also enhances what i want to show right. on social media at the same time you know and i think that's something people tend to forget in terms of manufacturers going you got to make it look better because that's the camera that a lot of people use, especially when you hang out with friends, you're not going to switch. You're going to take a selfie. You're going to basically, you know, pull that up, take a photo and be like, I haven't seen you in a while because of, you know, of the pandemic. So those are the things that I think a lot of manufacturers need to look at and and try and and tune up. For sure. For sure. So nine plus rumors are heating up, of course, nine plus series. What is your take on the latest? I mean, they've kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> it's very OnePlus, right? They're just like, here's more, you know, internal, like the internally leaking basically to build up the hype, which is interesting. We we saw renders of the, the OnePlus 9 Pro from every angle. And, you know, like it's been confirmed that the, the ultra wide, the 50 megapixel, which might be the same as on the Oppo Find X3 Pro, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And I mean, what's your quick take on the latest rumors? Are you hyped? Are you excited? Or do you think that it's going to be like it's always with OnePlus where it's a little overhyped and we got to adjust our bar a little lower? I I think we will have to adjust a little bit, but I think they are on a proper path this time. At least from what they put out, you know, one of the things they put out with that Hasselblad uh, announcement was, and they were very clear. I did like the fact they said this year it's all about trying to get the color science correct. Yeah, and there's no hard setting expectations is really important. Yeah. So so I was actually happy with that. I, and I go, okay, it's gonna look a certain way and it's gonna look a Hasselblad way, which is fine. That I yep. know what I'm expecting. I think on the other hand, though, I think, you know, they've told us there's gonna be a charge in the box. So they're going for Apple and Samsung's throat and saying, look, big delivering. But we also know that it's going to be a 65 watt charger, uh, just from all rumors and confirmation. So they're leaning into the fact that we can do this. And we can do it better. And I think that those are the aspects that I want to see how that circulates at the end of the year with people like Samsung. If Samsung will eventually offer an option that says, here's a charger and here's you know, a one without a charger. Will Samsung, maybe with the Galaxy FE, 
have a charger in the box or even the a series too the a series is interesting yeah well we're going to talk about the a series in a second i feel like i think what i'm seeing here is you know a bit of a reaction right and i think that's actually healthy because on these phones like the one plus nine you know we're going to get like what is it dash charging or whatever it's called you know charge yeah warp charging and we're you know oppo has a charge in the box because they have vuk super vuk 2 you know xiaomi had a charger in the Mi 11 or global version because it's also a 55 watt charge. Like if you're doing the kind of speeds that they're doing, you need a charger in the box. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of maybe Apple and Samsung's, you know, kind of saving grace, I guess. Like they're kind of saving themselves by having kind of not very fast charging by default. So it doesn't really matter what charger. If you have a PD charger lying around, you're probably okay. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. But I hate that they actually went back from 45 watt to 25 watt, right? I know. And, and it's like, I think that's one of the things I'm hoping comes out of the OnePlus 9, whatever they end up using for fast charging, especially if it has fast charging on the wireless side that gets sold in this yeah. country for a change. In Asia and the rest of the world, people are used to fast charging on their phones. They top off as needed. I hope this is the beginning of a tipping point where Apple realized and Samsung realized we need to bring this to the US and that we don't see people charging overnight anymore. Like I no longer charge my phones overnight. I just top off when needed with the fast chargers now. And I don't do it fully because I don't want to destroy the battery. So I just go like 10, 15 minutes here and there, you know? I mean, I mean, last year, they, uh, OnePlus had a 30 watt charger. The rumor is that the new charger is going to be 50, 60 watts for the wireless charger. For the is. wireless, yeah. Um, yeah, wow. And then even, even the ROG phone that I just reviewed has 65 watt charging dual 3000 milliamp batteries, but it also has the ability for you to slow down the charging in any way or form you want. That's right. Oh, that's in any form. Because, you know, uh, OnePlus has the optimized charging, which I think is, it learns your habits more. Yeah. But I like that. You know, it's like there should be a setting that tells you like, I want to charge 10 watt, 15 watt, or maybe not that granular, but like 10, 20, 30, and then 60. Yeah, I think I think the ROG phone, it's it's a, theirs is 100, 90, 80, I think 70, and then then you set the time. So basically, they're like, oh, cool. our customers always still charge overnight anyway. Right. So it will do the 80, and then it will trickle charge all the way till you wake up. That's sweet. Yeah, that I like a lot. You know, maybe that's the same. Maybe it's a solution. Tesla does this. Set a limit. You can set the limit so you know you're not destroying your battery. Right, you set it to eighty, you set it to ninety, whatever it might be, and you know that every time you pick up, you're not killing things. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. How you feel about the OnePlus Watch? It's now confirming it doesn't run Wear OS. I'm actually happy about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's fine because we've seen the most successful smartwatch other than Apple Watch is Samsung, and it runs Tizen. So yes. OnePlus knows that. Look, for them to sell and for them to continue, uh, and I, I, you know, they know that they need to have something that they can control to some degree. And Wear OS, again, is one of those abandoned Google projects that keep piling up. So it makes sense for them. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And frankly, as much as I like the Oppo Watch with Wear OS, I thought it was a very nice implementation of Wear OS. It still was Wear OS. Like mm-hmm. it just, I felt it brought the product down. I'm wearing a Huawei Watch GT2, I think whatever the one that's titanium and sapphire right now. And, you know, it's essentially a fitness band on steroids. Like, there's no apps on that thing, right? Okay, like, it's... But I love that. That's all I need. I need notifications. I need it to track my steps and my heart rate continuously. I need to do auto sleep tracking. And I need it to be, you know, sexy looking. 
and have like the basic stuff. And I'm very happy with it. True. And think about it from OnePlus's perspective. That watch is not for the US. No. That watch is for the Indian market. That's exactly. The, that's the biggest market. They need to offer something for the consumers there. That makes sense. Totally. And, you know, I'm hoping it comes to the US. I'd be glad if it did just because that category, you know, the, the cheaper $100, $150 category of watches, which I, I'm assuming is going to fall into, you know, this this Huawei, despite being a, a fitness man on steroid, is expensive because it's titanium and, and ceramic or whatever, uh, sapphire. But there is a version that's cheaper and I think it's just as good. So I think this is where the sweet spot is right now. A lot of people don't just want to a fitness band. They want something a little fancier looking and a little nicer that gives them the same functionality. And this is what these like custom OSs are basically providing. You know, the Zep watch I used for a while. I really liked it. And, you know, I've had uh, my, my main watch for a long time was a Galaxy watch too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So speaking of Samsung, Galaxy A series is out. There's an A52 and A52 5G and an A72. The A72 is just a bigger version of the A52. There'll probably be an A72 5G at some point as well. I'm very impressed with what Samsung is doing here because this has been a bread and butter thing for them, but they're oh. doing bread and butter in a way that is not like the Chinese manufacturers. And what I mean by that is they have a telephoto on the 72, a proper 3x 8 megapixel telephoto and they have ois on their main lenses on these phones and it's balanced it's like the s20 fan edition the chinese makers like oppo and xiaomi they always go crazy on like a bunch of stuff and then the cameras they always have a great main sensor and then it just goes downhill goes down from there. Yeah. And there's no telephotos anymore and they put these what I call sticker cameras, you know, like useless two megapixel, <laughs> you know, Micro- let's increase your camera count cameras. And I, I'm so glad to see Samsung coming out with these, you know, Snapdragon 720 on the 4G version, 750 on the yeah. 5G versions, high refresh rates on the screens, which are AMOLED, not IPS. And the cameras look, they're not outrageous, but they hit the spot. spot. And I'm just like, wow, Samsung, they are so good right now. Think, think about it this way from Samsung's perspective. Uh, like you said, number one, this is a moneymaker for them. This is their highest selling product line. Number two is the fact that it also looks like an, a top of the line galaxy exactly. design line. I love the desire, the HTC desire, like the rounded edges that they're using on the camera pod. It looks freaking hot, man. Wh- whoever whoever decided to merge the design language where you pick up an A series, it feels like you pick up an S series as well. So even if yeah. you bought it cheaper, you know I've got a galaxy. That feeling's there. And I think the last and most important thing which is what they kind of have taken from Apple is technically that device to me is a Galaxy S10 Plus. Exactly, yeah. Which is was a great device. Now you're just putting in a 750 chipset in there and you've got sensors that were good and you've now, you now take your updated uh, software solution for your camera sensors. You're good. You're absolutely good. Look, I'm impressed because I'm a big fan of these mid-range affordable phones. What I see here on the spec sheet is super balanced and you don't get that like from the competition at this price point. And I know that they're catering to the markets that they're in and I get it, but like, I think these are going to be hot, even hotter sellers than the previous ones. Oh yeah, worldwide. they will be. I think this so. is going to be a huge deal. So kudos to Samsung for doing that. 
No, I just wish they had invited me to their briefing. That would have been nice. Um, <laughs> I know, I got to remind them. Hey, uh, do you want to talk about this rumor that's never dying, that's coming back all the time about the note not happening in 2021? Uh, I probably, yeah, I do. It's the second time. I probably added to that rumor because I, I believe it's not coming back. I think you're right. Yeah. Because the economics of flagships are just not there. No, I, I do agree. And I, I, I felt that what I felt what Samsung should have done last year or even this year is not necessarily take the note away. My philosophy has always been you have a note device called the Galaxy Fold. That is actually a note in my mind. That is the Note Ultra. With an S Pen, it's a note. It's a note-taking device. If they do an S Pen on the Fold, the Z Fold 3 this year, yeah, you don't need a note no. anymore. But what should happen is you, you need to have a regular note. And this is where you, you make it cheaper. You put it into that glassic range if you want to. Pack all the specs mm -hmm. you want in terms of the device, but make it around $800. And then see if you can get a reasonable price on the Note Ultra. I know, I know it's been $2,000. If there's a way you can get it closer to a $1,500, you're going to get those note users because note users usually buy the top of the line note. They don't spend cheap on the note at all. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that last year with the regular Note 20 being such a bummer. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and too expensive for what it was, right? Yeah. And it didn't sell, I'm sure. Well, maybe you're wrong. Maybe it did sell. I don't know. Maybe it did. But, I, but again, most note users, I've been a note user for at least five, six generations. Uh, one of my good friends has been a note user from day one. He refused to send out, send back his Note 7 that was exploding. He's like, this device <laughs> is beautiful. I was like, dude, like you officially have to. He had a fly to, we had an event in Taiwan and he had a fly and he, he I was like, you have to drop this at home. He's like, no, I can take it with me. I'm like, no, you cannot no. put it on a plane. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so they're that dedicated. Yeah, and I, it's tough for some people. <laughs> I, I do feel sad that it's going, but I wish Samsung will continue the naming into the fold in some form or fashion. Yeah, and the other thing I kind of wish they'd done, really, is just add the stylus and a silo on the S21 Ultra instead of that janky case stylus thing they did. Mm. Because look, the reality, the S21 Ultra is such a great phone, and if it did have the stylus, we'd be done. Like, yeah, we have a Note right there. That's all you need to do, basically. And, you know, I have to shed a tear for the Note because even though I'm not, a, I never use a stylus myself, the Note is always my favorite Samsung phone every year because I love this more squarish design. Yeah, I and do agree. the Note 20 Ultra last year is one of my favorite cameras of 2020. Like, oh my God. Yes, it didn't have two telephotos. And I know the S21 now is taking over that yeah. podium. But at the time, you know, for those people who didn't live in China or in parts of the world where Huawei, you know, was still there, like if you were in North America or in Europe and you needed the best camera phone, you'd get a Note 20 Ultra. That was it. Like that thing just delivered. I couldn't put it away. It was so good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they do this, but I think... In Samsung's mind, I think one of the things they're looking at is is what's selling the most, right? The S line still sells quite a bit, but their biggest sellers, I, and I'm sure I'm looking to see what they do. You, the, their financial show next uh, for 2020 is that it's going to be the uh, A series. Oh, for sure, and the FE as well. Oh, the FE last year, like, was what a masterpiece of a phone. 
Like I was a little skeptical at first and then I used it. I'm like, they totally out OnePlus OnePlus. Like the OnePlus 8T was irrelevant after you use the S20 FE for a little while. Like mm. in my opinion, it's a much more balanced phone. Yes, there are some things that were cut out like the plastic back. And of course you don't have like the 65 watt super crazy charging like the AT had. But overall, the camera system was way more balanced, way better. And a bit more RAM is all I could have asked for. That's it. Yeah, no, it was it was a genius masterstroke uh, to the point where my Amazon affiliates, I saw, I, I sold initially, at least at that point, 40 of them. I couldn't wow. believe that. I was like, wow, this phone really hits. And then the true, the true example that Samsung hit the mark was, I went to T-Mobile store to get uh, a prepaid SIM for a friend. And we're yeah. watching the T-Mobile guy. This lady walks in and she says, I'm looking for a phone. And he starts, he, he did a good job. He was describing all the different Android devices. He walked all the way around and he landed on the FE. He's like, honestly, you want the S20? She's like, yes. It's like, just get the FE because this gives you everything you need and it's cheaper. Yeah. I think it's interesting that there's going to be S21 FE because that I think I'm really waiting for and I'm excited about. Last couple of items are just really just an announcement, really. Remember that, that Moto Edge S? that mm -hmm. came out in China that had a Snapdragon 870. It's rumored to be coming to Europe as the Moto G100. They've been numbering their Gs. So there's like a G10 and a G30 already out. Yeah. And the 10 is like really low end, like think, you know, OnePlus N100, Nord right, yeah. N100 kind of level. And then the G30 is kind of more like the Nord N10 5G. And then the G100 is going to be like one of those, you know, FE phones. It, it's yeah. going to have an 870 in it. I love that they're branding, they're they're leveraging their G brand, at least in Europe, to become a much broader thing that goes into the 800 series. That's all. Yeah, I, it makes a whole lot of sense. Again, we just talked about the FE, and I think that's the repercussions we're seeing here. Because for Motorola, the G brand is great in Europe, is great in South America. And, you know, instead of building putting flagship there, you might as well bring something like that to eat up that slightly high-end price point. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I want to just announce mostly because I know there are some folks listening that have a Moto Edge Plus from last year, the flagship. It's very rare we get a software update like almost a year in that gives you pretty big changes and improvements in functionality. But Moto just did this with a feature called Ready 4. And Ready 4 lets you basically, it's like Dex on Samsung. It, you plug a USB display cable into your uh, into your phone, and all of a sudden it, you get a desktop experience on your monitor, uh, whether it's HDMI cable or DisplayPort. You know, I, I think that's nice. That's that's a nice little bonus to get if you're an Edge Plus user and you um, have a phone that's almost a year old now. So thanks, Moto. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. There's no not much else to say here. So hey, do you want to tell folks where they can find you and your various channel and social media goodness on the internet? Yes. Uh, everyone can find me on all social platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as well as also my website. It's all Bored at Work, spelled with two O's, so B-O-O-R-E-D-A-T-W-O-R-K. And you can find me all over the web. Yes, you folks should absolutely subscribe to all of Enobong's YouTube channels and all the good stuff that Thunder E delivers on a regular basis. I certainly love it. So, folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl, that's T-N-K-G-R-L, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Twitter is where you want to go to 
comment on the show and tell me what you think of these headphones maybe and then uh, instagram is where you're going to look at pretty pictures taken with the phones i'm reviewing and of the phones i'm reviewing and if you can't remember the handle remember tanker all the comic book character just drop the vowels tnkgrl there's also a couple of youtube channels we have youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast where you'll see some video complimentary content to the audio version of the podcast with some unboxings and hands-ons and stuff like that so check that out please subscribe like tell your friends all that good stuff and then we start a new channel my producer and i called youtube.com slash mobile tech more please subscribe because we need to be able to monetize soon that'd be nice and it's basically all the you know smart home stuff that we get accessories people send us all this cool stuff because you know we have a camper van we do van life sometimes so we're going to try to put that content there so subscribe and stay tuned we're going to have some content finally if you're just tuning in the podcast for the first time please subscribe it's uh mobiletechpodcast.com we're on all the major platforms google podcasts apple podcasts pocket casts which is apparently the most favorite and then spotify of course if your app supports reviewing or rating the show please consider doing that so that people can find us easier really appreciate that and there's a donate link in the show notes if you can donate and help out the channel that'd be great and of course the podcast click on there it's a paypal link it's pretty straightforward and i want to thank our sponsor audible audible has been with us from the early days we have a deal for you folks if you're not already with audible and you like to read as much as i do but maybe you'd prefer listening instead audible's got you covered with great audiobooks audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is the url and you can get a deal. It's 30-day free trial. You get a book that you keep at the end if you want. It's pretty awesome. So it supports Audible and supports us. So if you're not already with Audible, consider joining and taking advantage of the special deal. And if you like it, stick around. It's awesome. I like Audible. They have a great selection of books. A lot of the books are read by the authors. And, you know, listening to a book is kind of an epic experience. Sometimes it's like a 10-hour thing and you can break it down into smaller pieces, just like a real book where you put it down and you come back to it. I just love it, especially my eyes are tired sometimes after a day's work or I'm flying and it's really dim and my eyes are not so good reading in the dark and I don't really like to read on Kindle. I really prefer reading on paper. So, Listening is the solution for me many times, and Audible brings that to the table. So audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Support them, support us. I want to thank Audible for being our longtime sponsor. And I want to thank you, Thundery, for being on the show yet again and sharing your wisdom of headphones. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's always great to have you on. We'll obviously have you on again. And folks, we'll have another show next week with all the OnePlus 9 news, so stay tuned for that. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.